0: What if I told you the largest mortgage originator from 2019 has decided, for all intents and purposes, to exit the business? Would you see that as a sign that they are maybe just bad operators? Would that be a sign that the housing market is over? Or would that be a sign that maybe there's something else greater afoot? To have this conversation, we brought on the one and only Anna Kelly to talk about what we see going on in the lending market. How are you doing, Anna?
1: i'm doing great great to be here with you yeah this this was big news i saw this earlier this week and i thought here we go again
0: (laughs) so so folks if you haven't heard wells fargo who by volume uh, was the largest originator of home loans way back when in 2019 so really not that far ago long ago has decided to exit the mortgage business now they will still do some for their private wealth clients shocking uh they still have some lending programs Uh, Going on, but for all intents and purposes, the volume is going to dry up to nothing. So, Anna, you and I have been around the block a few times, and what what do you think this means? What what does Wells Fargo getting out of mortgage mean to you?
1: Sure. So, I I did read the fine print of exactly what it is that they're doing, and so Wells Fargo, in addition to issuing loans, they also come out and they service loans. So, they're one of the I think they are the largest loan servicer, if I'm they not were. mistaken. They were, so, yes. right. So what they do is, is smaller banks might underwrite a loan and then they sell the loan to Wells Fargo. So Wells Fargo takes on the servicing and then they take on the risk of that loan. And what they're doing, that's been a major part of their mortgage business. And so what they're doing is they're saying, we're not going to do that anymore. We're going to de-risk our business, our mortgage business, by no longer taking on and buying loans from others who have underwritten those loans at who knows what values, et cetera, right? Even though lending criteria has been fairly tight, but they're saying, we want to de-risk our portfolio. And so we're not going to buy and service other bankers and lenders loans, we're only going to issue our own. And so that's the first piece of it. They are going to continue to underwrite loans, but they're very targeted into what, what it is they're going to be underwriting going forward, which is also changing.
0: Yeah. I think there's a couple of things. What pe- a lot of people may not remember is Wells Fargo still is hamstrung by the federal government for their bad behavior with fake accounts. I think that yes. was way back in seventeen so their balance sheet constrained if people know what that word means basically they can't get bigger than they are uh i actually think this is charlie sharp simply looking at the margin that this business spits off and saying i have to use my balance sheet better i think i think this is actually wells fargo going we can make more money elsewhere i see wells fargo trying to become jp morgan uh maybe morgan stanley instead of we are going to be the consumer bank. I think that's what's really going on behind the scenes. And I think everybody is missing it. But let's be clear for you and me, the average consumer Wells Fargo exiting the business. That's just one less player. So we're going to deal with more robo, you know, checkbox rocket mortgage and all of these folks, um, which right. I don't know is good or bad, but the lending environment is changing. And when the biggest one leaves, that thats that's going to impact us, I think, at least at some level.
1: Sure. I think two things that you said there that just, you know, brought on a a light bulb for us to talk about, you know, one is they seem to be backing away from the basic consumer and offering, you know, products for the average middle America. And this is actually the second thing that they've done in the last several months. Um, It doesn't seem like very many months ago, they pulled all of their um, consumer lines of credit. So if you had a line of credit with them and you're an individual, They made you close that line. They closed them, but they also wanted you to pay them off. And so I was a little bit surprised that they actually closed consumer lines of credit because they still offer credit cards. They still offer checking accounts. But what it tells me, and the first part of what they're thinking is we need to de-risk. I think they had a lot. They had a lot of fines for the fraud, uh, the fraudulent opening of accounts, but they want to de-risk. And so consumer debt, when you're heading into volatile times, both inflationary and recessionary on the horizon, um, they want to de-risk and not have a bunch of people load up on debt and then not be able to pay it and be on the hook for that bad debt because they've been through that cycle before. So I think you're right that they're trying to move away from some of the consumer um, servicing, especially on the debt side. Um, The other thing that I think that they're doing, and I I agree with you there, that they're really looking at the spread on, is, is the risk that we're taking worth the money that we're making on that risk? And that's what all investors are asking ourselves today, from the institutional investors to individual investors. We have to say, in a market where potentially asset values could come down, right, and potentially we could be heading into a recession, is the amount of profit we make on that investment worth the risk or the volatility or the unknown? And so that's what they're doing here. They're, they're de-risking certain things, and then they want to go toward things that they feel they can make bigger money on for that dollar invested, for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, Wells Fargo is making, let's be clear. I think Wells Fargo is making a business decision. Uh, They're de risking dead on. They're also looking at where the margin profit can come from and going, it's just, you know, it's the juice is not worth the squeeze, if you will. Uh, Sure. And I think they're looking at evolving the business, right? Because again, I think Charlie Sharp, the CEO, is like, I don't know when. When I don't know when we're leaving the penalty box, you know, he's kind of probably tired of it five, six years later. It was done under the previous leadership, not his watch, but he has to act as a steward for the company. And I think he's like, okay, uh, enough's enough. We're just going to go a different direction. We, I think Wells Fargo will be a different bank in 18 months. And to be clear, I think it will be smaller, right? When you exit the mortgage market as the largest provider, you're going to have some layoffs. There's going to be a lot less people at Wells Fargo. Uh, I think going forward. And again, I think that, you know, as a shareholder, which I am not, but if you were, you probably look at that going about time, Charlie, what the heck,
1: right? Yeah, I I, I tend to agree with you. I think that there's definitely going to be, I wouldn't be surprised if there were layoffs at Wells Fargo, especially in the mortgage division um, and the division that handles these loans that they've bought and service for other um, investors. The one thing that was interesting about the press release is they did say That they are going to continue issuing mortgages, but they're putting more and more of their focus and more manpower behind um, mortgages for those that are minorities and who basically have real estate and wealth inequalities compared to the rest of the white middle class. And so they really are going back to this kind of community homeownership. Uh, program and it's interesting because I worked for Bank of America in 98 in private banking and before that my very first banking job was actually at uh, first Interstate bank which was bought by Wells Fargo so I've been at both of those companies but in 1998 under President George Bush uh, senior I believe no it was junior it was it was W um, he started the Community Redevelopment act and that essentially incentivized banks to come in and give loans to those that were not qualified for loans under normal circumstances to help minorities and to help people that were poorer to be able to have home ownership. And unfortunately what that did, I remember us giving loans to people who had very bad credit they didn't have great job stability, and they had to go to like a three-hour class, I believe it was, maybe two of them, um, in an evening. And once they went through that class, they got the loan, even though they normally wouldn't qualify. And unfortunately, what happened is a lot of them were sold loans that they didn't understand. And over time, that's part of what led to the run-up of 2008 and 2009 and the peak of real estate. So I have a little bit of um, trepidation about doing that again. Um, but that's where they're headed. And so, you know, it's really important to the U.S. government and, and internationally to balance wealth inequalities and homeownership inequalities. So Wells Fargo's all in on the the sustainable development goals, and that's one of them. And I see them going really far in that direction. I hope it helps a lot of people, but I hope that we can take what the mistakes they made in the past in the run up to 07 and not repeat those same things again so that we end up in a similar cycle um, and you know, seven, eight years down the road.
0: Now, yeah, let's hope, let's hope we've learned our lessons. Lots of banks, uh, Wells Fargo being one of them, uh, had a lot of pain last time. So let's hope they they institute different processes and procedures. I guess the last thing to round out this discussion about Wells Fargo exiting the business is just a reminder that you and I talk about all the time. There's a housing market, but there's also a lending market, and I think what we're going yes. through right now is a tectonic shift in the lending market. I think I think it is very. Possible, if not probable, that rates are lower by the end of the year than they are today. But getting a loan is harder at the end of the year and it is today. And people just don't understand that. So I think the lending market is changing right in front of our eyes. What do you think?
1: A hundred percent. And I remember us having this discussion about this time twenty late twenty twenty one when we started to see some of these happen things happening, and we said, "Listen, this inflation could lead up to the Fed hiking rates." Put us into a recession. And when that happens, credit markets will, will squeeze up. It's the hardest part about being a real estate investor now. And it's, and if we get recessionary and it goes deep or it goes long, lenders are just going to get tighter and tighter. And I'm actively investing like you are, right? So we're, yeah. we're actively looking at deals. And I have- Every day deals right now that the lending is changing on a dime with great qu- quality you know credit my score is usually 830 to 850 somewhere in there um, great assets, great income, and they're still going, um, sorry, we we have to change what, we're, what we've offered you because you're not locked in yet. Rates are going up. We're lowering the LTV that we're giving you. It's not you. It's me, right? Um, yeah. But lenders are nervous. And when they get nervous because there's unknown and there's still volatility, they don't know what to expect. And so their credit guidelines always get much tighter during a recession or any kind of financial crisis. So we're going through that. It's, it's easy to see that it's going to happen. Nobody should be surprised by it. But I don't think the volatility and that lending tightening is over anytime soon. It usually takes, Michael, because I've studied this, usually takes about six months after the end of a recession or financial crisis before lenders say, OK, I think the economy is growing and we can start to loosen up again. So yeah. we just need to be prepared as investors that the lending piece is going to be the hardest piece. If you can buy deals on creative financing, um, seller financing, private money um, and, and, you know, 30 year fixed mortgages. If you can get a DSCR loan are great. But just don't be surprised. You always have to have plan B and plan C for your lending. Because until the day you close, that loan is not closed. And, and I've actually had a loan pulled on the day of closing twice. So yeah. I, I've seen it in real time. So, so, you know, this is a sign that credit is nervous. It's going to continue to be nervous. And we just need to get through this cycle and keep doing deals and have a lot of options.
0: Absolutely, folks. So again, remember one of the things you should be doing, you follow one rental at a time, not only is looking at your buy box daily, but have those conversations with lenders. And I would, I would caution or suggest you have conversation with multiple lenders because deals can get pulled last minute. LTVs can change all of this great stuff. Anna, where can people find you?
1: Great. You can find me on this show every Wednesday and on my playlist on your channel. You can find me on social media at Anna Kelly, REI Mom. And if you are an accredited investor looking for passive investments, you can follow me at greaterpurposecapital.com. Thank
0: you so much.